And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to another Fastened Like Nails. I have in the studio with me, co-host Molly Mayo. Hello. Hey, Molly, how you doing today? Awesome. And Molly, you're getting ready to go on a trip tomorrow, I hear. Mm-hmm. Yep, tomorrow morning I'm leaving mm-hmm. for home. My sister is having a baby. Mm-hmm. So very exciting. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. You're going to be an aunt. Mm-hmm, for the first time. Is it aunt or aunt? Aunt, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a debate about that one. <laughs> and you know already that's a baby girl. Yep, baby girl Rowan Amara Acri. Oh, uh, wow. that's, yeah. that's exciting. Cool. That's exciting. And in 16, 17 years, she'll be coming here to the Master's Guild. You got it. There you go. <laughs> See you long. And, and with me, you heard a voice in the background, Dr. Lou Sterrett. My good friend, Lou. Okay. Lou, you were teaching at the Master's Guild this week, and today you were teaching on boundaries and, I'll never forget this, attentiveness. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason uh. we're laughing is because I asked him what he was teaching on today, and he said he was speaking slowly and under his breath, and he said, attentiveness. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? And he goes, attentiveness. And mm-hmm. I said, what? And he yelled it out, attentiveness. <laughs> You probably weren't really speaking lowly or under your breath. No, I I represent that (laughs) remark. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so boundaries. Let's talk about boundaries, okay? So before you get into it, boundaries, the kind of boundaries Mm -hmm. that God sets for us seem to be fear the Lord, depart from evil. Um, There's seven things that God hates. He kind of gives us boundaries with those seven things. Proverbs chapter um, 8, he gives us specific commands. Stay away from... You know, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent mm-hmm. blood, take advantage of the weak, um, pride, um, sowing discord among the brethren. Um, there's a lot of things that God gives us boundaries in, but I'm, I wasn't in your class, so give me some ideas. Oh, of- we had a lot of fun with it because I asked him about some of the old uh, historical conflicts like Hatfields and McCoys, Civil War. Oh, yeah. They had several of those things, of course, you know, and, and the War of Texas and the Northern Aggression, all those synonymous that go with that. But truthfully, every conflict in life is over territory. Mm. It's over a con- it's over a an assignment. And for example, uh, uh, stealing is is a boundary dispute. I have a right to your possessions. And sin started with a territorial war because Lucifer thought he had the right to God's kingdom, and he was it was a border dispute. Mm. And God said, nothing unholy can cross this border and Mm. be in my threshold. And then he realized that boundaries aren't negative. They are so a part of God's design in everything that he does. And everything God makes, you can never have freedom. And this is one thing our world needs to understand. You can never have freedom without fences. Mm. And then we always say the phrase, fences forward all of our executives that the purpose of all boundaries are number one to defend us from evil and from thieves and violators Mm -hmm. and of course any offense like that is called a trespass or a transgression Mm. in scripture and then of course they're to define our territories and everything God makes he defines by giving them certain properties or jurisdictions including the elements solar system stellar system Mm. Uh, animals have territories the fish Mm-hmm. have their domain, the birds. the birds have their domain, mm-hmm. and God himself has a boundary around himself. You say, well, that can't be. Whoa. He says, I'm holy, I cannot change, and I cannot lie, and if I do, I'm not God. Mm-hmm. So everything he does, and, and Jesus chose a boundary by coming human. Mm-hmm. And so we begin to understand that somehow there's a dimension 
in boundaries that is not negative, it's meant to be empowering. And so not only does it defend us and define us, but it helps to develop us. And uh, so we all have latent resources in life. And we always say that the, the greatest four-letter word that Christians use all the time that is a great degradation to their spirit. Okay, hold on. Let's guess. Molly? Um, four-letter word that Christians use all the time that is a great degradation to our spirit. I don't know. Come on, think of something. Can you give us a multiple choice? Uh, yes. Okay, let's do it. Uh, all of the above or none of the above? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, can't, I can't give you too much. Okay. What's the letter start? The word M. start with M. I was wondering if it was mine. Mm, close, but not it. You said mind? Mind. M-I-N-E. Oh, mine. I'm going to say four-letter word. I would have said maybe, but that's not a four-letter <laughs> word. Um, Never was good at spelling. <laughs> um, more? More. Oh, Molly, I would have. Sorry. I if I only that. had more time. If I only had more money, Ooh. if I only had more talent, if I only had more opportunity. Wow. You know, unless we understand, we think abundance is on the other side of mm -hmm. limitation. Mm -hmm. Abundance is always found within limitations. That's what Eve. That's said. exactly what Eve was deceived with. Yeah. That's exactly crazy. right. If I only had a little more fruit, yeah. you owned the entire world, mm. had a perfect oh, wow. husband. There's nothing you lack. Wow. Except one thing, but I just had a little more. Yeah. Rockefeller said just one more dollar. Yeah, would make I remember me rich. that. Yeah. Yeah. And we we're deceived by that. Mm. And, and prisoners find that when I go to prisons, <clears throat> I put a horse in a round pen because, of course, he imitates or parallels their, mm -hmm. their incarceration. And the horse has to find freedom in the fence because he thinks if I jump the fence, if I escape oh. the prison, I'll be free. When the horse finds freedom inside the boundaries, the prisoners all weep because mm. they wow. realize unless I find freedom here, I'll never find freedom. Wow. I had I had the opportunity to speak to 70-plus uh, men in a state um, prison one time. Uh, Debbie was actually with me, and I was letting them, giving, giving them this um, amazing biblical truth that God had presented in his word. Um, and then I used uh, um, Robert Lewis's book, The Raising a Modern Day Knight, and it's the seven principles of biblical manhood. Uh, will to obey, work to do, a woman to love. Those are the first three biblical foundational principles for manhood. A will to obey. Unless you have a will to obey... You know, then you're never going to really have a work to do because other employers aren't going to want to hire you and they're not going to keep you because mm -hmm. you don't have that s submissive spirit to obey your employer. And then a woman to love. A woman is looking for security, looking for a man who, you know, has a humble, meek spirit that also is a man that has a, a will to obey and a work to do. He's, you know, he's out there providing and providing security. And then, then he gives the last four and it says, uh, um, a, will, uh, um, a will to obey a work to do, a woman to love, to reject passivity, accept responsibility, uh, lead courageously, and expect the greater reward for doing so. Mm. And um, well this, done. This one, <laughs> this one man was looking at me, and uh, you should have seen this. There were these these men. Some of these men were on. They're in there for life. Yeah. And uh, this one man looks at me, and he goes, "Why didn't anyone ever teach me this?" Mm. And he just sat there with tears. And then uh, this other guy looked, and he goes. Never heard anything like this. And then another guy, they're like, why? Why did it take till now for us to hear this? And mm -hmm. I said, God knew exactly where you needed to be in order to hear this. It starts now. But you also understand that the purpose of a wall, solitary confinement, 
a limitation that we cannot change, a restriction that we cannot go around, a handicap, a whatever, is to get us to hear things we will never mm-hmm. hear apart from that. I mean, yeah. And that loneliness when there's only God in you yep. is when you're forced to face things that you have suppressed, yeah. like the world, yeah. or truths about you, or statements of conviction mm-hmm. that you need to own in order to be free. Amen. Wow, that's really good. And so, you know, God's purpose with all the no's are always a yes. Mm-hmm. Every no from God is a yes for something greater. Hmm. And we must understand that. We, we tease about the hose, you know, about the righteous hose and the church hose and all I that. I never stuff. heard of that. You never heard of that? No. Well, you have a water hydrant on one side and you have a garden on the other side. And the goal is to get the water from the hydrant to the garden. Mm-hmm. So you put a church hose on. You said, what do you mean a church hose? Well, when you turn the water on, it has a little hole here, a little hole there. It's a holy hose. <laughs> the water never makes it to the garden. It's a church hose. Uh-huh. It said, but a righteous hose says to the water, no, 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 no. Yes! Oh, yeah. wow. Because it restricts it from dissipation mm-hmm. to accomplish a laser effect and dedication. Mm, that's that's good. Amazing. And that's God's purpose for all of our life, to have life and life, have it abundant. But mm-hmm. you can't have the world and and God at the same level. Mm-hmm. You said earlier that um, fences are to bring freedom. Uh, there was a study done, I'm not sure what the co- college did it, but it did a study on kindergarten children in playgrounds. Oh yeah. And the children that the boundaries were removed, the children stayed very close together. Insecure. Insecure. Yeah. The children who had a fence, they played completely around to the True. perimeter, all, all the oh, way to wow. the interior, exteriors. They were all over the place playing kickball, enjoying themselves. But as soon as the fence was removed, they, they were inhibited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because we are secure, and so when it defines our jurisdiction, we're free to focus on what God has given mm, us to develop, whether it's a one talent or a five talent. That's so good even here at Lamplighter because, you know, we're growing, but we don't have our boundaries set right now for our employees. You know, everyone's learning new things. Yes, and it's true. And so having too many bosses, too many jurisdictions, it only confuses them. It is leads. Mm-hmm. It does lead to confusion. We really need. To and that's the other four-letter word. What is it? Less. Hmm. Less is always more in the kingdom of, in God's hands. Hmm. Hmm. When we limit ourselves to the things God has called us hmm. to, we always produce more fruit. The principle of pruning is such an important part hmm. of all that He creates, wow, that's and so He good. prunes to increase more fruit. He always hmm. subtracts before He adds. He always divides before He multiplies, and that makes no sense. We call that higher math. Hmm. <laughs> Lou, where, where'd you get this stuff from? Well, it's the same Bible you read. You just don't get it. <laughs> 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 well, okay, you okay. know, we can only receive by the way God has mm-hmm. made us. Mm-hmm. So we will all receive different things because he's etched in ourselves mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. Uh, an awareness to details. Somebody will pick something, I'll read right past it and, and never get it. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of things that just go way over my head. They never stick to me. Mm-hmm. But I cling to whatever sticks to me. You know, that's really <laughs> something because... God speaks to me primarily through books. Yes. And I I fall asleep reading your books. (laughs) (laughs) I tease about that, but not really. Yeah. That's not what I do. Those are the things that stick to me. I read Mm -hmm. it. I underline it. I memorize it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't even memorize it, and it's there. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, those are the... those are the ways that God and speaks that causes us to rejoice in each other. Yeah. We don't have to envy each other. We can admire and appreciate yeah. each other and be benefited mm. without having to be everything to everybody. Yeah. God's given you a unique ability to see nature and to see the way things work. And you bring those into practical application 
you know, for people to live. Well, he is in all that he creates. Mm. And I just, I marvel what little I see. Mm. And I think about others, what they see. And I I think, oh my goodness, uh, he's beyond my comprehension. Okay. So you said these things were in the Bible. Prove it. (laughs) Uh, Well, number one, the first thing he does is set a boundary between light and darkness. Mm -hmm. He sets a boundary between the upper waters and lower waters. He Mm -hmm. sets a boundary between the land and the sea. And he also imitates all the divisions that are in heavens because we talk about the third heaven, the holy of holies, the holy place, the holy of holies, or the outer court, the four divisions. And he sets a fence between each of those. And therefore, because we're body, soul, and spirit, there are divisions in our own lives. For for example, our body's going to die and retain here. It can't cross that bridge. Our soul is going to be in a constant battle here on earth because our mind, will, and emotions are in in dialogue and debate for who's going to rule in that area. But our spirit can be eternally saved and set apart for eternity and security with God. And these divisions help us to understand that the the past, the present, the future, and how we work with God. I mean, we're saved eternally. How would you relate that to parents and parenting? Because what type of boundaries do parents need to have with their children? Well, number one is every parent always reacts to the negative. They see the wrongdoing, and so it creates a reactionary form of leadership in their life. Mm-hmm. It's because they see something that could be better, but they always describe it in a negative way rather than a positive way, so we become reactionary leaders rather than proactive leaders. Mm-hmm. So before we step in with punishment, and that's the difference between discipline and punishment. Discipline focuses on failure. It marries them to the past, and it takes away their hope. It always marries them back to what they did wrong. If you were to spank a child for mm-hmm, lying, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm not no, this is suggesting good. spanking, and you put the child over you and you say, you're never going to lie again. I, I'm sorry if you're telling the, the lies, and, and that's not going to happen anymore. All you did is fixate that child mm-hmm. on lying because that's all you've both focused on. Mm-hmm. Same child, same discipline, and you spank them. You're going to be truthful. You're going to be trustworthy. People are going to honor you. They're going to trust you. You're going to be enabling, and that child will hug your neck because he's been disciplined. Mm-hmm. He's been given hope. He's been given strength of another to help him achieve the character, and he's been given direction. Okay, I, you may have said something you didn't mean to say. So you said discipline in both ways. You said discipline always marries the person to their sin. Did you mean to say discipline? No. Uh, punishment does. Uh, Discipline marries them to the future. Thank you for okay, correcting good. that. Good. Excellent. Yeah. It gives hope. It marries them to the future and builds the character to succeed in their life. Okay. So um, I have three children. And a child without discipline is considered illegitimate. No one loves him enough mm. to help him succeed. That's so good. Yeah. The Bible actually uses a pretty rough word to describe yeah, that, doesn't that's it? That's exactly right. Okay. So I'm going to, we're going to re- just pretend right now, okay? Oh, no. No, so, okay, well, you raised... You, you want to get over my knee? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd have you squat down and touch yeah. the bottom of the chair. I'll try it. Okay, so I raised three children, and if I only had a second and third child, I didn't even have to spank them. I mean, yes. And the reason I didn't have to spank them is because they, they saw their older brother get spanked all the time. Yeah. Okay? And uh, young parent... I was in a church that had uh, zero grace um, as far as parenting was concerned. And so it was all, you know, spank them, they'll not die. Okay. And, um, and so now looking back, you know, I focused, I married my oldest son to his um, behavior. You know, all the things that he, all the offenses, yes. I married him to those things. True, was, because oh, you were taught to be negatively focused. Yes. What they shouldn't do. Yeah, absolutely rather than driving them to what they could become. So how do you do that practically when a child is 
becoming, you know, leave your, hey, don't, don't touch your brother, leave your brother alone. I, okay, stop. Okay, if you do that again. They'll wear you out. Yeah. <laughs> and so now you're a slave to their behavior. Absolutely. You're their servant because they're drawing you in and it's a negative cycle and it's hard to stop, hard to break because the more, and they're getting attention negatively and that's what creates the criminal. Mm. because he's actually getting rewarded negatively mm. and everything that gets rewarded gets repeated. Whatever gets repeated has already been rewarded. Mm. So we have to realize that we get into these trends and how do you break it? Well, number one, you have to realize I have to look for something positive and invest mm. when I catch it positive. Amen. So I may still have to be on the negative cycle. Don't do this and don't do that. But you realize whenever they show kindness, whenever they show responsibility, mm -hmm. jump all over it, mm. say, and look him in the eye and say, now that son is a man. Wow. I respect you for the choice you made and the, and the attitude in which you made it. I admire that. Mm. Because whatever gets rewarded, we'll, they'll look for another cookie and milk on that deal. There was a time when, this is one of the funniest things that's ever happened. So we, we finally stopped homeschooling him and put him in a Christian school. And um, he was a handful and uh, leader, strong. And uh, there's this one teacher he did not get along with. And so he raised his hand and he said, uh, can I go to the office and get some aspirin? I got a headache. And uh, she told him no. And, um, and he knew that in the handbook that if a student is not feeling well, they have a right to go to the office. And so he's quoting the handbook, right? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, so, uh, smart kid. so he calls me up on the phone at lunchtime and he goes, Dad, he goes, we have a parent-teacher meeting at 3.15 today. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And so I, I get there and I walk into the classroom where the teacher is and she goes, can I help you? And I said, I'm here for the parent-teacher meeting. She goes, I didn't call for a parent-teacher oh, meeting. No. And in walks my son. And he goes, the reason that I've called this meeting today. <laughs> and so there I am with him, you know, and this teacher. And I'm like, you called the meeting? He goes, yes. She goes, she, she violated the, the school handbook. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so, oh, no. And so, so um, and I said, can you just kind of help me out and understand this to the teacher? And she goes, she goes, yes. She goes, I'm going to make sure that he never does anything like this again. And then she says something that I'll never forget. I looked at him and I said, I said, this is, this is overstepping your boundaries as a son and as a student. I said, you have done something wrong here. And um, I said, you need to apologize. And I said, before you do, let me just tell you something. Right now, you stand is a defining moment between staying as a boy or turning and becoming a man oh. because you're going to take responsibility for what you've done wrong. Yes. And he looked and he looked at her and he was like, there is no way I am going to apologize yeah. to this woman, right? Yeah. And he looked at her and he looked at me and he just looked and he said, you're right. I violated the rule. I'll take responsibility. I was wrong. I'm very sorry. And he called her by her name oh. and uh and she looked at him and she said i don't accept it oh oh and my son looked at me and he goes there you go oh that and was I, and i thought attorney whoa i said that's all right you did what was right yes nice job yeah that was a defining moment See, in this that, life that's exactly right yeah and had she said well I admire you for that. Yeah, and she, she and couldn't do it. would have taken more responsibility. Too prideful to do that. Well, he pushed her buttons, and he knew <laughs> yeah. kids are always looking for the low rung. Yeah. But and they can exploit any person out there and find what's weak in them. Yeah, but praise God. I, yeah. that, I really believe that was a defining moment in his, in his life. And um, 
Yeah, I, I praise God for what he did. Yeah. Well, when we have a life that's on a negative basis, uh, you know, it's much easier to find fault with something that's perfect than to find something good in something that's decadent. And so we must look because a, a, a person that's on the negative side sees no value in their life. We think they just love sin. No, they, they only know sin because they're so self-abasing and so uh, critical themselves that mm. they live with critical people. They're used to a hatred of culture and they can hardly stand success. They can hardly stand praise. Mm. So when someone steps in and finds something of worth, they'll test it for a while to see if you really mm, are flattering them or that's genuinely good. seeing value in their life. Well, Every strong character always begins in its raw form of negative character. Okay, what well, would you do? You like that? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's really, this is, this is amazing. For example, rebellion and stubbornness are really determination and perseverance, mm. undeveloped. Mm. We have a Whoa. book, The Hand on the Bridle, that kind of talks about that yeah. idea. There's yeah. a boy who is pretty... You have a book for everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> you can start Lamplighter Pitch. It's one of our best books for young teenagers <laughs> or just teenagers that are unwilling to submit to authority. It's... Mm -hmm. um, and he, this young boy, um, his brother is a is a pastor, mm -hmm. and he's going to live with him for the summer, and he is immediately given a boundary. Just one rule. Yeah. Yep. You must be home at a certain time. The very <clears throat> first week he's there, he violates the boundary. Because any time you draw a line, it doesn't matter whether it's a moral line, whether it's holding hands or kissing or whatever, there will always be a fight on the line. Mm. As soon as God says this is holy and that's, Satan said, I'm going to test that. So, believe it or not, it wasn't this boy's fault. He actually got detained, but he, his brother's not giving him an opportunity to explain himself. Mm -hmm. So, the, the brother is going to send him home. And, um, but if, he, if the boy tried to explain himself, the brother would have let him stay. Um, would you have kept that rule regardless of the situation, or would you have allowed some mercy to rule the day? You know, you can never have mercy without justice. So you must accept a just result. I came home late. Yeah, okay. And I deserve the consequence if that's all that's involved. Mm. But now I have a right to appeal for mercy. You can never appeal for mercy when you're demanding mm. mercy. That's good. Oh, that's, Ooh, that's good. And, and God's mercy is to yeah. a thousand. The moment we demand mercy from God, we're in rebellion. No, but his mercies to a thousand generations, yes. his judgments to the third and fourth. Yes. And so to those who love him. So if there's a repentance He's far spirit, more merciful than judging. Oh, praise God. Yes. Okay. So what would you do for someone like me and many other parents that are listening right now that maybe never had a chance to right the wrong and focus on the positive? And now your children are older. Yes. What would those parents do now to help bring restoration into their children's lives? We have to realize that every boundary violation is an area of irresponsibility. Mm. It says, do not move, remove the ancient boundary. Do not go into the field of the fatherless. Do not uh, go against the widow because their redeemer is strong. He'll defend them. Mm -hmm. Then it says this, but you apply your heart to discipline and, and the words of knowledge. Okay, so in other words, you focus on your territory. You take responsibility for you rather than wanting something for nothing. 
Hmm. And punishment often comes because a parent doesn't want to put the effort forth to find the need and to be proactive. They just want to be, have the privilege of reacting. Mm -hmm. And all of us fail in that area. I don't care who it is. Horse training, I failed on thousands of horses, but you eventually learn. Mm -hmm. And that's because you're now taking responsibility and you're putting in your system you're training yourself to be proactive in a situation like that. And you have to get education, you have to get equipment, you have to get coaching. Read the right books. You cannot do it yourself. Yeah, this is good. And that's where parents need to admit that I'm defeated by my own child Lou, and I need to help. Lou, I think we're going to open up the Master's Guild for um, parents and people that are looking for answers. Oh, I, don't invite me. <laughs> no, I, people need... They if, do. If, they if they attended classes like this, yeah. it would be life transforming. When I had apprentices, they always said, our parents want this. Yes. Our oh. business leaders want I this. I hear it all the time. Yeah. I got the goosebumps just thinking about it, Lou. Lou, I think we're on the cusp of something big. I really do. I think we've got to open this up for people. And we're, we have it on the, a podcast. That's great. Parents and children want the same thing. They just don't know it. Yeah. Okay. Marriage. Same exact thing. Boundaries. What are you going to do? Oh, this is so important because we think that a healthy marriage is boundaryless. Wrong. If there's pornography brought into marriage, it brings mm. a third party. It's a violation of a boundary. Mm. When somebody demands submission of another, it's a violation of a boundary. Mm. When somebody usurps their authority, it's a violation of a boundary. Everything is a border dispute. And there needs to be have healthy boundaries to have healthy relationships. That's really good. Where we respect each other. We give each other autonomy within a marriage. We technically own each other's bodies, but we really don't. The husband owns his wife's body, his wife's mm -hmm. husband, things like that. But at the same time, we don't dominate or degrade that body or violate that Res body. A mutual respect That's that exactly brings right. mutual intimacy, that brings God into the relationship. And boundaries between parents and children, parents, it's an important part of keeping structure and healthy respect in a home. This is like, I feel like I just had like a feed. No, I feel like someone just put my mouth up to a fire hydrant and turned it on for I'm always blast. accused of fire hydrants. <laughs> Don't drink it all, just sip. <laughs> Lou, this was amazing. Praise God for the insight that he's given you. You see, what happened is what we, we think sin started on earth. Didn't, start in heaven. Mm -hmm. when, when Lucifer violated God's domain. And so everything that takes place on earth has already taken place in heaven. The border dispute on our southern border in America has already taken place in heaven. 9-11 was an assault spiritually on our nation, not physically. Exactly. Before it was physically. Agreed. When we had weeds and poison come into the earth, it's because sin already started. Mm -hmm. So we see what takes place, and we can't see what's in the heavens, the unseen, but we can see the seen, and we realize that we wrestle against not only flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of spiritual forces and wickedness in heavenly mm -hmm. places. So we begin to realize that God is allowing us to see on earth the war in heaven, and they're trying to rape heaven, mm -hmm. thinking they have a right to God's domain mm -hmm. on their terms. Mm -hmm. And that's what's taking place. It's a border dispute. And all God will do is say, boo, <laughs> and they're back to it because they're already defeated. Yeah. But see, on earth, we're wondering whether we're going to win or not. And globalism is a boundaryless world. Mm. Whoa. Lawlessness is not Whoa. really lawlessness. It's the evil trying to put, make legal what is immoral. It Wow. So they're trying to set their boundary on your property and take your children, destroy your marriage, and redefine your life and your values. It's happening everywhere it's today. It's aggressively happening because global, globalism is a mirror image of the, the aggression on heaven. Wow, that is so good. And for those that have never really studied this, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 gives a description of what's going on, the war in heaven, what happened with, um, with Lucifer being cast out of heaven. It's an amazing section of Scripture 
when Lucifer turns his back on God, now this is the picture. Now I know there's some controversy over the the King of Tyre and and Lucifer being maybe different people, but I look at it as well. They're literally earthly people, but they're also a picture. Type yeah, of I, I believe so. It's, it says he was perfect in all his yeah. being. Um, he's got all these beautiful gems in yeah. his body. He's got his wings. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it says that he was perfect in the Garden of Eden. Yes. You know, and on all his no ways. Doubt my mind. And so is is he reflects reflecting. He's the cherubim yes. that that covereth, the he Bible was. says. That's exactly he, he's right. covering the throne of God. The reflection of God's glory comes off of all of these amazing gems in his body. And it also in I like what it says in the original Hebrew and in the King James, it talks about him having um pipes. And in music to give worship to himself. Absolutely, it, but he, originally it was no, designed to be to both, yeah, both sight and sound. He was the sight and sound of God's amazing glory. Mm-hmm. Turns his back on God, and guess what? He continues to shine. Mm-hmm. He's he's glory. He's glorious himself, and he believes that he can do this without God. And all these angels follow him. That's because two of the most damaging things to Christianity. Number one, Lucifer never said or did anything wrong. One day, an impulsive, judgmental, unpredictable, mean spirit of God threw him out of heaven for no reason at all. And you say, that's not true. He never uttered a word and he never misbehaved. He said it in his heart. Mm-hmm. And the only two beings knowing that was the Trinity of God and him. If he ever declared what he did, it would wow. be taking responsibility. It would be the beginning of repentance. I never saw that. Sin started in heaven. He was the first victim. Victim identity is the most damnable thing on earth. And it sweeps every home and every Christian alive. Second thing is those who take up an offense. A third of the angels took up an offense and they believe that God was mean-spirited, unpredictable, judgmental, and that's what's destroying the church today. It's interesting because when Lucifer, which means light bearer, when he he does this and and all these angels follow him, um, one of the, I got to get this right because I got to go back to Ezekiel 28 in my mind. Um, One of the things that he does uh, Lucifer, he, I, I'm, I'm going to just pause for a moment in my brain. I got to get this right because this is so important. Um, he not only continues to shine, not only continues to have the the sound, the, the the beautiful instrumental sound, but when he comes to earth and he's cast out on earth, he continues to deceive through sight and sound. He does. One of the greatest influencers of our day is the media, is Hollywood. It is. It's, it, in He's a, a prince of power of the air. In a, he has in, the right to the airwaves. Hmm. In Thailand, mm-hmm. in a hut, up into the mountains, there is a generator with a satellite feed up there. And in this grass hut, there is a large screen TV inside watching the old American movies. Is that crazy or what? Yeah. So I am in Thailand, up in the mountains, okay. in Chiang Mai. And I'm there with another cowboy, and we're talking about Western movies, cowboys trying to get an image. I said, like John Wayne, et cetera, et cetera. And they say, oh, like Brokeback Mountain, which is a homosexual movie. And I thought, oh, my goodness. No way. The only cowboys they know is a perversion. Isn't that something? And I thought, the devil got back here before we got good cowboys back here. So moms and dads need to be aware of this. Satan, Satan is trying to hold on to our children's hearts, minds, and souls by the things that they see and the things that they hear. In the book of Peter, 1 Peter, it says that Lot's righteous soul was vexed from day to day by the things they they saw, the things that he saw, and the things that he heard. The word vexed appears twice in the text, and there are two different Greek words. 
The first word, vexed, means to be terrorized and to be torn apart. The second word um, means to be tortured. Yes, he it, chose to be tortured himself. Exactly. Yeah. Because of the things that he allowed himself to be influenced by, both sight and sound of the day. The sad part is it says his righteous. So here's a saved guy living in hell itself. Yes. And yet he's saved by the blood of Christ, not by his works. Unfortunately, he had very little to show for his life. How many righteous people are being vexed, having their souls vexed today? And the only way to overcome the vexing of our souls today is to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. They have to get, they have to move forward and say, enough's enough. In Second in Peter chapter 1, it says this. It says, we're to give all diligence. Guess, I, I found this in an ancient book, I think up in the U of R library. The ancient meaning of this word, giving all diligence, means to rein in a runaway horse. Sure it does. That's exactly right. Giving all diligence. And uh, you've probably because been... it leads to reprobation, an unbridled horse hmm. who is running wantonly to death with his own lust. Unbridled lust. I, I've had been on several runaway horses, and before I didn't know what I was doing, um, they, they would always go for a low-lying limb on a tree, oh, you know, and I'd have to jump off, and boy, did I get hurt, you know. And But finally, a guy that was an old-timer, he looked at me, and he goes, just let go of the right side of that rein and pull both hands on the one side, and that horse's head will turn, look right at you, and he'll stop on a dime, you know, and, and, it, and it worked. He goes, that's the, that's the idea of turning around for God. You're like, your, your life is like, it's, it's meaningless. It, there's, you're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. And you're like, enough is enough. I'm turning around by God's help. And just before that, it says this. His divine power gives us an opportunity through his great and magnificent promises to become partners in his divine nature, escaping the lustful corruptions of... In the world by lust. Yeah. And so God says... See, here's the deal. It won't it won't take their salvation because we're not redeemed with silver and gold, but with the blood of Christ. But it'll rob them of their fruit. It'll rob them of their joy. And it'll last yeah, them of all eternal rewards. Absolutely. There'll be many empty-handed Christians who wish they had. The only thing any of us will wish we had done is more. In the life that we get to live now, yeah. it's filled with reward. <laughs> Pursue God by faith, and he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in Second Peter, watch this. It says this. Give all diligence because of escaping the lustful corruptions that are in the world, enjoying a divine partnership with God. If you do that, give all diligence. Add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. For if you do these things, you'll never be barren nor unfruitful in the full intimate knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and if you practice these things, guess what? Well, first of all, never be, stumble. you'll never stumble. Never stumble. Never or fall. Those are the verses you cling to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be... You're going to be blind, and you cannot see afar off, and you have forgotten. Guess what? You forgot. Mm-hmm. Former purification. Yeah. From your sins. Yeah. That you've been forgiven from your old sins. Yeah. And that's what brings us back to our first love with Christ. It's true. All the things that God did for us. Okay. Now, the word "add." I'm going to give you a test now. What do you think it means? I'd say to make uh, to add to add to. I'm going to give you multiple choice. There you go. Okay. Is it multiple or add choice? <laughs> okay, here we go. Does the word add mean to multiply, divide, subtract, or does it mean to... I think uh, it means to build upon. Well, just let me finish. No. <laughs> or does it mean to choreograph? Interesting, choreograph. I'd say it means to build upon. It means choreograph. Interesting. It's the word choregao. 
But mm. this is the word epikorgeo. It was the two Greek words put together to describe an ancient donor who supplied all of the money for the for the plays that they did yeah. in Greece. It was the, the man who gave all the money to provide the money to, to pay for the musicians, for the mimes, for the uniforms, for the stage, for the theater. He paid for everything. And then he paid for the writers to write the play. And then... I think you're just selling the drama program. No, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the choir master, he's called. That's hmm. the corrigao. He's oh, the choir master. The two, the word is the two together. And what they do is that they, at their expense and their skill, at their expense and their skill, guess what they do? They, P- Paul, Peter's telling us this, he, we're now to add all of these things that you're going to put on the platform of this amazing theatrical performance. You now will put on faith knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, you now perform to the world all of the godly attributes, all of the godly spiritual growth that's taking place in your life. You demonstrate to the world what this God has done in your life so that you might be able to draw them in your great performance of who God is in your life. That's sweet. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, that's a nice picture. Wow, this has been an amazing time, Lou. I have enjoyed this. We only discussed the first course today. (laughs) (laughs) We'll come back tomorrow, then. There you go. Uh, Folks, this is another Fasten Like Nails. And boy, I'll tell you, Molly, Mm -hmm. this has been rich. Mm -hmm. Lou? Thank you for making me part of this. Yeah. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit lamplighter.net slash podcast and fill out the form. That's lamplighter.net slash podcast.